you another game. question. Yeah, whatever. This is the recap of... This is um, recap two, Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo, exactly. Of, uh, of Mugen no Sora. Um, it's recommended listening before the game so that you know what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend knowing what the hell is going on. I mean, you're you're welcome to jump in in the middle, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I live my life not knowing what's going on, so that's pretty much how life rolls usually. So yeah. First, let's get introductions done. Um, this is Nick, the DM and CEO of Dark Street Entertainment. Uh, yeah, my what? name is Nick. Um, I, I realized that uh, my gaming career is old enough to drink, almost old enough to rent a car now. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done everything from tabletop. I started when I was about 14 and just got hooked from there. Um, of course, I ran into the same problem that most people I understand in the gaming world runs into of we need somebody to DM because everybody wants to play and, you know, not everyone feels they have time or the ability or capacity, what have you. Or insert reasons why you don't think you can DM. Yep. And uh, I pretty much jumped on that grenade and have ridden the train ever since, so been running away from the explosion ever since uh, i never look at it though because that's what cool guys do we don't exactly. look at explosions <laughs> um well uh i am brie i'm a player been a player for a long time yeah not that kind of player and but also the creative director of all also of the creative yeah. director yeah um, let's not sell yourself short you're not just I, a player yes but in in the sense of the podcast i'm a player right right and I do creative stuff at Dark Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's two of us. I mean, yep. Um, so let's talk about our group. Um, let's see. We've we've had this table for. I mean, I want to say, believe about seven years is what we determined. Yeah, but I mean, I, I've had some of these players on the table for a little bit longer. Some other games. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's been close to nine maybe pushing 10 years now that at least some people on this table have been on um yeah i mean we've we've gamed together we've LARP together. larped together yeah um yeah and and i mean nothing builds a bond like being stinky out in the woods together right <laughs> hitting people with a purpose hitting people with a purpose yeah that's a that's a good description yeah but i mean we're we're all pretty much um what 30s up Yes, yeah, I, I believe I believe the two youngest did finally turn thirty. Yeah, so I mean we're 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 in our thirties. We're all mostly professionals in senses of the word, like yeah, in <laughs> in a in a very like technical sense of the word, right? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, we're all let's not sell ourselves short. We're all professionals in our chosen fields. That's like, true. We're kind of awesome. Yeah, I I don't disagree <laughs> with that. I mean, but we've all. Most of us all have kids. I think there's only mm -hmm. two at the table that don't. Uh, the two single gentlemen don't have kids, but I mean, I mean, but beyond that, that's kind of, kind of where we are. And and a lot of, a lot of what I enjoy about this table is that we do all have kids, uh -huh. so we all do kind of understand. I mean, I've got a, she's seven, eight months at this point. Seven, seven yeah. months. I I am terrible with numbers. That's why I have a secretary. So yeah, I mean, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, she gets put down to bed before we play, mm -hmm. just like all the other younger ones do, and if one of them wakes up during it, said parent with. goes and deals with it. I mean, uh, there'll be quite a few times, like, uh, we'll have Smash Brothers going on the background for the older ones, or they're all gonna play Minecraft, or insert name of other <laughs> video game that has flighted their fancy, and 
You know, I'm sure there's going to be many there's times I'm going to yell. So many. I'm going to have to yell at my boy. Hey, I need you. I need you to be quiet because you know he's got one volume and it's loud. He gets it from me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, without going into like super personal details yeah, no, no, and no. stuff, I mean, we're just a yeah, we've got we're three... just a, a group of friends that that have met, hung out, and enjoy gaming together. Exactly. I mean, we've exactly. rotated who the DM is, but I I know sometimes that's because Nick needs a break and. So, you know, what? So, somebody wants to take the time and let me be, or let me be a player. And and sometimes people like that. And sometimes people are like, oh my God, Nick is really evil. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that a lot of times, like you have, especially when you finally get to play, you come in with so much energy and you're like, I get to play. And people are just like, that's a lot of energy. And I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah. It's like we did uh, the Monster Hunter yeah. Uh, game on it and i was like all right i'm gonna speak in russian like accent and i got on a found a youtube channel where the the girl was like i am russian here's how you would have a russian accent while speaking english yep and you know like no no you know no articles use a, a w long r and i'm like okay cool so i wrote notes and stuff i was like that's gonna be my accent that's that's gonna be my <laughs> shtick yeah uh, that's one thing we do all have in common is we all pretty much love a bit oh yeah oh yeah like, if you gotta if you got a, a, a bag shake it yeah, I mean, shake it hard. Right. And as far as, like, systems we played, because you mentioned Monster Hunter, which is... Fifth edition, technically. Fifth edition, technically. Yeah. But we've played Let's, lots. We've played... Shadowrun, I, Scion. Shadowrun, Scion, Star Wars Saga Edition, because you yeah. remember not having eyes. Oh, yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, Star Wars Shadow or uh, Saga Edition, uh, uh, all the versions of... D&D Pathfinder yeah. included um L5R now which is what this is I feel like what there's else? been other like I yeah, like one shots of yeah, something like we might have played Aberrant I know I've ran an Aberrant I played minute. Aberrant like a long time ago but okay. I I don't remember I don't think I've played Aberrant with you Maybe I know not. I've played Mutants of Masterminds yeah. I've played the D20 version of uh Star Wars Power and, Rangers. Let's not oh, Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Yes, yes. All this introduction to say, like, this is us. This is who we are. We're we're friends. We're parents. We're spouses. We're professionals. And you're gonna hear a lot of noise. You're gonna hear dogs and cats are gonna jump on the table. Yeah, we're, and... we're we're not in a studio. We're not trying to pause our life to no. produce this. We're just kind of capturing and inviting other people in to to hear the fun shenanigans and the mess all, that occurs all the inside jokes yeah i'm gonna talk a little bit about how the idea for the podcast came about um because i believe i was the one who approached you about it yeah i mean i've been talking about something it, like that it had been kind of a conversation you had mentioned that you wanted an outlet for creativity and mm -hmm. stuff like that and and to be honest with you you know when it was first brought to me of course i talked to my wife about it because that's what like you do with things and uh i mean really i realized except for me using my business degree which i've i mean if you're gonna have it might as well use it yeah um you know and handling some of the business aspects of it really it's just me being willing to be in front of the microphone and recording the game that i was going to run anyway and you know especially when you're like i've got i found all the things and everything's ready to go i went okay so you mean you just show up at my house with microphones and we go cool whatever yep. I mean, obviously, we have we have learned quite a bit. At least I have learned quite yeah. a bit. And it's a little more complicated than just hooking stuff up and going. I mean, you can just hook stuff up and go. But but when you produce something, you still want to produce quality. You don't want to... Exactly. And I'm not wanna... an audio engineer, but I am learning as we go. Right. 
and yeah, I, I just came to you mostly out of a, a need for an outlet for creativity. Um, and we have such a good group, right? We, yeah. we all get on so well. We all interact so well. And that's part of what people love to hear is they love to hear people interacting. And what I was hearing is there were a lot of questions online on groups and, and even from, uh, you know, one of our players had questions at work about like, how do you game with kids? How do you even like do that? And so I really wanted to highlight this group because we just kind of go with it. I never thought about how do you game with kids because we just do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I never think that anything in life, gaming including, is mm-hmm. ever going to be perfect. Exactly. Where it's quiet and everyone focuses on that. I mean, when, when COVID happened, our, our gaming group went online. We played on Roll20 because that's the only way we played, but we still wanted to play. Yeah. And I mean, there were times where, you know, one person couldn't connect or, you know, two people are sharing the microphone and one person didn't hear what was said. I mean, you you roll with the punches. You, yeah. Nothing nothing ends up ever perfect in life. So, I mean, it's the same with kids. I mean, it's just like uh, one of my youngest, whenever we bust out candy, he hears the rapper from the other room <laughs> and he comes running. Cool. We give him a piece of candy. He goes away and we continue to play, you know? There are so many things that just crop up. Like, things, cats jump on the table and things get knocked over. Like, yeah. it's not just kids. It's, it's everything. You just got to, like, roll with the punches. Yeah. But I do want to highlight uh, your table rule of if you're holding a baby (laughs) that is definitely a rule um and i mainly did that when uh yours was youngest yeah Uh, because that was because he's the older of the two no uh the other one is the older oh okay he's older by four yeah i mean it's kind of one of those like i felt like it gave a simple benefit because you're dealing with the kid i understand as soon as the kid's in your in your lap you're dealing with hard mode yep like your your attention split and stuff like that so if i can give that parent that is holding it, even if it's me, yeah. And woe, woe to you guys if it's me. Then, I, then it gives that small bump and bonus. Um, I, I, I we did plus two in yeah. fifth edition. It, it's. I just think it's a great little addition that you've done. So, um, the other thing that I really uh, love about this is I, I really want to um, ease into engaging the community, and I know you're open with that yeah absolutely um because i think that engaging the community um all of the streams and everything out there have really shown us us gamers who grew up gaming in the dungeons of our lives like that we can come out and like people want to hear that and they want to hear they want to engage with you they want to they want to tell you how awesome that moment was and and things like that so i think the strength of the community was really a draw for the podcast as well and then also you know, creating that like sort of live content because in a way it sort of feeds off of each other, the game and the community. And then also uh, what we've talked about is that you have plans. I have plans for future projects. Yes. And it's a huge jumping off point. You know, I never thought that I would be a business owner. I always wanted to be, but I never thought I'd be a business owner. And now I am, which is really cool. Yeah. And and, I mean, it was really easy to get started. It was just having an idea and deciding to go. I mean, talking about the, you know, we gamed in the closet and stuff. I remember when I first, (laughs) when I first started gaming, like, you know, I asked my mom's permission because I spent the night at my best friend's house and we played D and D and I was like, can I have my friends over to play D and D? And her first response was, you know, cause this, she grew up in the eighties where she heard about people that like were jumping off bridges and believed they could summon birds and like the, the people panic. Right. The people that went off the deep end because there's always people that go off the deep always. end in everything. 
good or bad. The deep end is always a bad place. Yes. It seems to be somewhat. And, you know, she was like, you know, yeah, as long as you don't act it out and stuff like that. Which was funny. Because <laughs> when it came out to, hey, mom, I want to go LARP, you know, we're going to the woods. And she's like, well, what's it like? What's well, it like live action D&D? No. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, it took like yeah. it took like six months, and my mom going to events to see it, and uh, and then okay, all right, this is all right. He's just you know wearing pantyhose and hitting people with plumbing splice. <laughs> wearing pantyhose and hitting people with plumbing splice. I, I will not. I will not lie. My first costume was white pantyhose because white pantyhose, and I look like Peter Pan with like uh, rabbit fur glued to my shorts. It was not a good look. I I am glad there's no pictures of that. Like. I, before the cell phone craze, I'm glad. Uh, I'm so glad I started LARPing before the cell phone craze because, right. like, some of those early costumes, yikes. And that's yeah. the thing is, I, I am very happy, especially for DMs that aren't sure how to play or are concerned about playing and stuff like that. Or or even even to the point of, because my, my play styles, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, is I know a lot of DMs are very much, you know, like a TV show. This is mm-hmm. the action. This is the next scene. This is the next scene. This is the next scene. Your players, for the most part, especially if you're in a free and open game, are not going to play that way. No. So a lot of the way I do it is I present the problem and then I wait to see how everyone reacts. Like, I know how my my NPCs are going to be. Yeah. Like, you know, the, you know, the, the dark paladin's going to do the dark evil things and the... You know, this is how they're going to respond to things. and Rogue's going to rogue. Yeah, it, so I, so it's kind of one of those like, oh, so that's how they're going to do it? Okay, cool, then this. And, like, you know, I, I'm at the point now, like, I can kind of expect things off the table. Yeah, but especially even since then, we know each other so yeah, well. Yeah, but like, even then, there there are plenty of times where I'm, I'm thrown with a curveball, and I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is, that's what makes it enjoyable for me, yeah. as opposed to me looking at it and going, oh, no, you know, I spent six hours on these notes, and... They instead of decided to climb the mountain to go fight the things at the top. <laughs> they decided. Listen, don't look at me significantly like that. <laughs> they decided to. You know what? Let's just teleport up there and drop ship in, and you know, kick their faces in and throw up the deuce. Cool. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, get them is always a valid plan. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, but I, like, I, I remember because um, there was one LARP that I was running. I, I was running a module. That's what they do for the small enclosed adventures and stuff like that. And the players instead of like. Going through the keeper, like, dude, we've got a lot of explosives. Can we just, like, blast our way through the back wall? And I went, sure. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. They went straight to the boss fight. They beat up the boss. They took the items and ran away. And, you know, the only thing I said is, like, there's an alarm that goes off. And, like, some of the other encounters showed up, but not all of them. And really, to, to wrap that all up, I sent the, the remaining encounters. were like, they killed our boss. Let's go after them. And they went into town. And it became everybody yeah. else's problem. I mean, it, a logical chain of events as opposed to, oh, no. You're not following my exact chain of events. People have will enjoy a game if they're emotionally involved in it. Which means, in order to do that, the bad guys, the NPCs, the things that the players interact with, have to have emotions and logic and feelings. And, you know, like, you know, you kick that goblin and stole his cheese, you <laughs> might feel bad about it. It could be that one goblin that your entire team adopts. like Which happens a lot. A lot. Yeah, a lot, yeah. It's not always a goblin, but it's someone. Mm-hmm. I believe in, in our L5R game, it is Ji-chan. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Did you plan for him to be... Ji-chan <laughs> uh, has a story. I, I know he has a story. <laughs> I know he has a story. But, like, legit, I don't even remember his name that you introduced him as. I think it was just, like, 
ramen store owner, but like I can't remember because I was like, it's Jichan, and then that's what he's yep. been since and you, and forever since. That's where we're gonna get ramen noodles from. Yep, this place is awesome. Like. Oh, and you're a new visiting samurai? Come, try noodles. Try noodles. Yeah. And now he's franchised out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but proud see, of him. But see, it's it's little things like that. It's like, you know, the small-time NPC that you guys attach to, which has then created more flow in the world. I, I, I want my players to be as much a part of the world mm-hmm. in the world building as I am. Yes. Because what I create is, I mean, I, I think it's cool myself. But I, I think, think it cool. is better when other people add to it. Like, especially with L5R, you know, we just did an, an arc change. Mm-hmm. So the things that happened in the previous arc are now part of the backdrop of the world. Yes. You know, with with the two phoenix going off, one becoming a lake of purity, and the other one being the storm that's protecting the lake. You know, it's, it's things like... And, it could be to the point where you guys are like, oh no, we've got to get some sort of super healing. We got to go to the super healing place. So you mean we got to go, to go deal with the storm place. in the last characters? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's accurate. And I think it's important. You know, some people see that and they're they think that that just affects the world, but I think the world also affects the characters right. in the same way. You know, I, I know I always like my character is personally extremely jaded against siblings, but um, because of actions that the character who was playing my sibling took in game i think that's important for a well-rounded character and a well-rounded world i mean and i like that you take that approach to it and at the same time you think about it i mean that's how real world is Mm -hmm. is you know if you you constantly run into said problem you learn to deal with said problem the development of a character is the same as a development of a person irl you know the way people develop in the real world so, I think I think that I, I like that you take that into account because I think it really reflects in your world. Overall, I mean, I, I guess the last piece I would say, like, if there is outside DMs or anything like that that are outside of this that have questions or, you know, I, I enjoy creating puzzles, I enjoy creating dialogue, uh, but really probably one of the hardest things is create political intrigue. Because in order to do that, not only do you have to think like the character, but you have to think a couple of steps ahead for the character. And I will tell you, it is a lot of work. I did a, for one of the L5R games that I had run, uh, that was originally going to be run for Dragon Con, but I actually had me to scrap it and ran it for something different. Um, I mean, I pretty much had a, a, a character web where it was like all the characters in a big circle with a line like, this person hates this one. This person's actually looking for this guy, but he doesn't know it. So like you, you, it's kind of hard to create the inner working, especially when you add PCs into that. So political intrigue is probably the hardest to do and it creates the most DM work. Mm-hmm. But I, I've got some, I'm, I'm happy to offer advice or, you know, some of the tips and tricks that I've learned on how to make it flow, if you will. Yeah, and absolutely. I would love to do a, uh, a DM tips and tricks session. Love it. Yeah. In the near future. Yeah, I, and I would be happy to do it. And, and I would, you know, like I said, I'd be happy to help foster people that are interested in being a DM. Whether you're picking up a pre-made from, you know, 5th edition D&D where it runs through it. But I mean, even then, you're still going to run in scenarios where you're like, they, we were supposed to go after the Lizardmen and they decided, you know what? We don't want to go to the swamp because I'll get my boots dirty. We're going to go somewhere else. You're, you know, <laughs> which, I mean, it happens. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that it's um, really important to 
to also highlight what makes games successful, in my opinion, is that everybody's creating something together. It's not mm. just like somebody forcing someone through their movie. It's everybody's creating the DM and all the players are creating something together. And right. it becomes this awesome thing because you're like, look what we made. And I think, at least from the DM's standpoint, I also enjoy being surprised just as much as the players enjoy being surprised. So, you know, when when somebody throws me a curveball and I'm like, that's really creative. I dig it. It shows me, A, that you're invested enough to mm-hmm. come up with something badass yeah. or surprising that I'm like, I like it. Let's go. Because, <laughs> I mean, why say no? It's kind of a big part. I mean... If they've got the rules and the abilities and the power and the, I'm going to play it out like this. Yeah, I might make you throw some dice rolls to make sure it's good. Yeah. But do, do I need to say no? I mean, unless no. unless there is a in-game reason or, you know. There have been things yeah. where I'm like, hey, what about this? And you're like, no. And I'm like, why? And you're like, can't tell you. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there have been, been some character concepts that I know you've, hey, yep. can I do this? And I went, well, no. And then a little bit later, you're like. Ah, uh-huh. I see. <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah. All right, um, let's get into uh, what is L5R, Legend of the Five Rings. I uh, believe it is still um, under the copyright of Fantasy Flight Games. I believe so as well. And it's, you know, it, it's a live, oh, a, a living card game. It is. It is. Um, I believe it's retired now, but I'm not sure. I think they but, brought it back, honestly. People can look like that it's, up. Like, it comes up and comes... Yeah, uh, L5R, the, the way it's done, the way the tabletop is done is they... It's a card game. It's Asian fusion for the most part because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are Chinese, you know, Vietnamese, Japanese-influenced. Um, it's a little more, I'm going to say, Japanese-skewed because it's Definitely. kind of the, the daimyo, shogun, that kind of idea... Um, but there are quite a f- different fusions that kind of come into the game. Um, uh, and so it's it's basically, uh, you've got the Rokugan, which is the land. There are mm-hmm. other lands. It's not like the entire world is the Rokugan. This is Correct. probably the peninsula. Um, the big thing, or the continent. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, like I said, it's it's Asian fusion. It's feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I brought in after discussion with the table and stuff like that. Because L5R, the tabletop can be built very very realistic i mean mm-hmm. i've run an l5r game where i mean i had a, a a name plaque for every player and after their character died we'd mark what happened and stick the character sheet up there i mean it it was a bloody game but it, it was very asian in its storytelling yes but we've kind of gone more of an anime route um well, yes, li- we had our time in the Tomb of Annihilation, and I yeah. think that I think we're not recovered from it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is I, I'm not trying to do a meat grinder. Yeah, but also at the same time, you know, we're it's it's an Asian game where yeah people die terribly. So um, for the most part, like I said, there's the Rokugan itself, which is the Empire. Um, there's seven great clans amongst it, plus the Imperial family clan ish, mm-hmm. with some minor clans underneath. Uh, the biggest thing that they're currently dealing with is that uh, kind of to the southwest is the Shadowlands. And that's right. where um, the kind of the story starts with, like, there's the Kami, Big K Kami, which are mean spirit, god, 
depending on how you translate it in Japanese. But the big Kami are the ones that came down. They started the Great Clans. They started the Rokugan. However, one of them fell into the Shadowlands. That was Fulong. And his corruption has made the Shadowlands. And that's where all the all the bad things come from. Uh, you know, the corruption of the spirit, which is what the taint is, is people being corrupted. So that's a lot of where, like, the families start from. Like, all of the main made families, for the most great part, clans. the great clans. The main families, families within the great clan come from that. So, like, under right. Crane, you've got Doji, who was originally Lady Doji, and she created that family. That's how all, all the minor clans work the same way. So if someone gets important enough in the story, like the Tiger Clan, that was one of my previous PCs, because I'm kind of... The world kind of continues. Yeah. That was one of his... He created the Tiger Clan, and now it's a clan that's in the game, and its main family is named after his first name. You, you kind of get the idea. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the, the general idea, um, at least as far as what is L5R. Right. Um, There's I, lots of lore and stuff that is really fascinating, and you can read it online. Yeah. And... <laughs> mentioning the card game and stuff as you did a lot of the way the story does is they'll have they used to i don't know if they still do used to have big tournaments and as they played out like even things like there there's the scorpion clan coup mm -hmm. like they actually paid one of the guys they made him an offer he was in the tournament oh, they wow. made him an offer to place to play spider instead and then that's how it all did and like as apparently as he's playing the games or like people are like those aren't the cards he has. And, like, he pulls off his clan shirt, and there's his spider shirt underneath. And everyone's like, the coup has begun! Yeah. Well, we talked about, like, sort of clan versus family. We've, we've talked about the Empire and the Great Clans and the... I think the only thing that, that I would like to mention is there's a very strong caste system, which is very important. It's <laughs> like the Celestial Dynasty, I believe is what they call it, or a Celestial Hierarchy. So you've mm -hmm. got, like, big K Kami, but they're... Their children are the emperor, emperor and his children, and then or empress in this case, and then you've got the samurai caste, and then there's the henin, and then the edda and stuff. Everyone, everyone serves a purpose. Like one thing that's very different, especially if you're coming from a uh, fantasy D and D kind of setting, is you don't kill the body and immediately loot them. Like that's unclean. Yeah. Samurai don't touch the bodies. But then you got monk that have kind of moved away. They're, they kind of get to sit on the side. They, yeah. They're like the side commentary. The, the best description I've, I've given for Monk is, uh, you know, you go into a big meeting and all the managers are there, but you have your two, like, IT subject matter experts there. So, like, the managers make a decision and they look over at the, the Monk slash IT guy and they're like, what do you think? Well, we could do this. Thank you for your advice. And then they make a completely different decision. And then the other thing is, is that honor, honor is very important when it comes to, like, clashing of wills and such. Because the more honorable you are the harder it is for people to go against what you're saying because clearly you're the epitome of honor and some clans like the scorpion clan is seen lower in the honor so a lot of people just discount them or see them as the enemies because they're just dishonorable and terrible people clearly mm -hmm. whether they are or not yeah it's a big game of perception oh yeah i i really enjoy the political intrigue of L5R because it's very much how you word things. It's who you seem to be, who you actually are. It's all an interplay of what you are and what you're perceived to be. There is a there is a very strong um, Japanese belief called the on, which is the face that you put out in public. It's it very much follows that where I mean, you could be an evil, ruthless bastard, mm -hmm. but if you put on the proper public face and 
act properly, then you are seen as a proper member of society, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to someone who doesn't act properly, but might be giving proper, you know, uh, information or something like that. Like, you know, that person over there is really an evil bastard, but, you know, you called him out in court and didn't do it the proper way. You're the one who's going to be seen as wrong. Because, you're the asshole. <laughs> you're the, yeah. You're the one who has made the social faux pas and stuff like that. I do want to point out about that kind of thing uh you know your use of the word proper um i know that you know maybe for some listeners who are unfamiliar with um the caste system and things like that some of the things that our characters do might not seem proper that was a really hard thing for me to work on uh coming into this game and and i know a lot about like Japanese history and the social order and things like that but it was very different when I was trying to be in the mindset right because there were like people in need and I was like oh I should go no I shouldn't I'm a samurai I don't do that stuff they you know serve their purpose and celestial order and all that and yeah. it's like because we're American it's right. a very different point of view and I mean I mean uh, even even the way samurai handled themselves like in the game the skill commerce like the use of money is a low skill i mean there are some clans that do that like the mantis and stuff like that they're mainly trade based and stuff um but for the most part you know a samurai will just go do what he wants and then just say send the bill to my lord yeah it's kind of how kind of how it works but at the same time the hinnin and the lower class they gain their honor by serving the higher classes mm-hmm. so it's kind of one of those like while you know a good samurai would follow the bushido path which is you know important and compassion, compassion. is one of those mm-hmm. but at the same time he doesn't have to i've seen bushi that you know get decide to burn an entire village because they don't want that ever to stain them again or you know the the village insulted them so therefore they all need to die or i mean that's very common mm-hmm. and oddly Again, for being American and stuff like that, it's it's accepted. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, obviously they failed their place in the Celestial Order, so therefore the samurai did his job and cleansed the Celestial Order. Yeah. Gave them another shot. Right. So they reincarnate and hopefully it would be better the next time they come exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very hard uh, hard concept to get at first, and it's, it's been interesting watching everyone struggle with that. Because there, there is always that moment where you're like... This is what I would say as my character, but I don't feel good about saying yeah. it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, but it also it also works the same way for your guys' character. Like, people mm-hmm. that are higher up in the social order... Do not give like any shits. Yeah, like, they're like, this is what we do. And you're like, I don't like that, but I can't say <laughs> no. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, Kogan, one of the one of the characters mm-hmm. that uh, he ended up being the healing <laughs> water. Like... He started off without status, so there were times where you would got you guys would go to you know meet a lord or something like that, and he would sit at another table. Yeah, like he was still great clans, but he was he was given a proper place, mm-hmm. not with you guys. And and there were so many conversations that he was excluded, or he'd say something, and everyone would look at him and be like, "Yeah, what are, okay. you, what are you doing? You're not people. Like, what are you?" <laughs> well, and, and watching our friends sort of grapple with that, um, I think it was the most funny to watch uh, the player who. Um, who played Kazakama engage in that because he was kind of because they're such good friends Mm -hmm. and have been for such a long time out of game and so you know watching him 
sort of really drive the point home mm-hmm. that Kogan wasn't a person. Yeah. Um, was interesting. And that's, and that's, I mean, going a little bit more with that, that's one thing I do. I like the fact that all of our characters have taken disadvantages. I know it's an optional rule. I highly encourage it because I'm sorry, there is no one in this world that does not have Mm-mm. some sort of disadvantage on their character sheet to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, IRL character sheet, if you will. Yeah, I think it just makes a fuller person and the fact that everybody was willing to lean into their disadvantages and, and you know, accept those as part of the character and just playing the character, I think, has added a lot to the table. Well, let's talk a little bit about the starting characters of our game specifically. We have, I mean, I'll, I'll just go, kind of go around the table. We've got uh, Utaku Hanako. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a unicorn battle maiden. Um, she has kind of a, a great destiny she's trying to bring the unicorn clan in um the unicorn clan is kind of loosely based on like the mongolian real world people so they kind of came back in on a horseback and so they're kind of accepted because they were originally part of a kami but they're weird because they were gone for so long and they're they're very brash and very different if you will um so you know, kind of as she's developed, she's gotten to the point where, um, you know, she's got a battle sister out of uh, Matsu Chizuru. Is that what we're settling on? That's, you know, it changes every time. Like, right. good roommates, good best roommates, friends. best friends, wifey. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of at the turn of the arc, they've, um, she's still considered a lord of the city of Farigné, which is where all the storyline is and currently. Um She's still considered a lord, however, she and Chizuru have started kind of a battle maiden with their steeds that are basically like war Clydesdales is probably the best way to describe them. And the fact that Chizuru is a beast master, she's got battle cats and stuff. So they've created this battle contingent to deal with all the threats of Farinye that are basically women running around, you know, charging you down on huge Clydesdale horseback with lions running after you. Like, it's... I ain't sad about it. It's not a it's not a happy thing for those on the other side. No. Um so then uh after that we had um we've had quite a few out of uh your husband's characters. <laughs> um the major one I will talk about is uh, is Moto who was a unicorn as well. Um who was, you know, driven to because there was a part of the Moto when they return when the unicorn returned to the Rokugan they're like the Shadowlands we could deal with that and they sent a battalion of uh you know, uh, uh, of horses, horsemen after it. Well, guess what? They did not because it tainted their souls. And don't say you got this. They became you know, dark. If you don't got this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's kind of one of those, like, he's trying to cleanse that part. Um, uh, he did fall in the, the turn of the arc in the last battle and stuff like that. And he's come back as a dragon for this round. Um, and then we've got uh, Kogan, who is a phoenix. Uh, phoenix Shugenja at that. And... At the last battle, it was probably one of my favorite interactions. He was about to be cut down by the final Oni. He he was actually tempting. He was messaging me back and forth. He was considering using Maho in order to survive. And just one of those like character development, he decided instead to kind of make a heroic sacrifice and basically turn himself into Crystal and did a powerful version of one of his spells, uh, Healing Rain and stuff, uh, which heals everyone who's pure but hurts everyone who's not. Exactly. Uh, which is where the whole Crystal Lake comes from. Um, and then the character who played your sister, uh, Sakiko, uh, also a phoenix and stuff. Uh, she did survive the final fight, but decided to um, 
basically retire her character and try something new. Uh, and uh, that's the the storm that is now defending. Uh, there, there's, it's not been said what it is. Only that there is a storm over in the area. Uh, I know. Uh, my wife has mentioned a couple times that uh, you know clearly she's become like a weird bog hag or something <laughs> like that. The crystal hermit. I yeah, believe. the crystal hermit. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's how they churched it up. <laughs> <laughs> they churched it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we've got um, Kazakama, who is a crane. He is. He is now officially the sitting lord of Faringe, uh, with his, uh, he is he become a doji because he has married Lady Doji Kiori, mm-hmm. uh, who is a courtier, and uh, he's got his two concubines as well. His water bitches. His water bitches, as you say, <laughs> um, and he is pretty much his character is mostly retired to take the place as the lord of Faringe. There was also the Scorpion Shoshiro, I am not remembering his first Kazuya. name, Kazuya, who uh, found out that one of the 13, uh, apparently, which is the number of Dark Scrolls, and after you open the Dark Scrolls, release the Dark Kami, mm-hmm. who apparently is one of them, who was his, all of all of his negative traits were lost love. Lost love, and, I true mean, love, yeah. A- every bit of it was like, he he missed this girl. and Don't stack your disadvantages that hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to hit you with them. If you have disadvantages, I'm going to hit you with them. Yeah. And I hit him with it, and he, he ended up, you know, going to the dark side, committing seppuku, and mm-hmm. um, he's come back as a monk. Now he's going to be a Cooney witch hunter. you see anybody at the table? Yeah, I was going to wait for you. <laughs> um, your character has, has kind of gone up and down. Uh, technically, mm-hmm. you've had three deaths? No, one was just I stepped into the void, and then you let me step out. Okay, so like I said, three deaths. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that was you've... also in my defense before I ever had... Because I was like, I came to the game, I was like, yeah, sure, Void sounds fun. Yeah. Well, Void is everything. In this in this system, Void is everything. It's it's people, it's your inner strength, it's the world around you. It's it's really, honestly, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's, it, I, I would say it's the element of the soul is probably the best way to put it. Um. But yeah, you know, you've definitely had a kind of an up and down. And I know when we started this last game, you know, you you died technically through the arc, mm-hmm. um, and then but you came back and you met a a nothing yeah. mm-hmm. in, a nothing dragon entity of some kind, um, and then after that you were entrapped for a year because there was a year jump between the end of the last arc and that and battle yeah. and the beginning of where we're at now. Um, so there, there, there's more to develop. I don't want to. I don't want to oh, talk yeah, too no, much. Oh yeah, no, there's so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, being being confined in a tower for a year and a day uh, probably definitely has some effect on a character, and I trust that it's going to have some effect on your character, just how you are as a player. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There are more disadvantages on my sheet than are on my sheet. That's I how it. I play. I dig it. But yeah, with with the characters we have now, okay. So Faringe is basically the. Excuse me, as I look through your list and kind no, of. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so Faringe itself is a city. I've added it to the map, if you were, so you're not going to find anything if you look it up. It's also kind of a, a joke from Avatar, you know, it's a bossing say, <laughs> we're going to go no, Faringe. There is no war in Faringe. It's just like there, yeah. is no taint, there is no taint in Faringe. There is no there taint is. in Faringe. Um, so when you guys first came to the city as the previous characters, uh, Faringe was kind of, it was the site of black hair, like rabbit. There was a minor clan, the rabbit clan, the hair clan. Um, in my previous L5R game, the culmination final battle was there. And some temples were set up, and you guys found out that the temples were set up, but they weren't ever seemingly activated correctly. And then they were corrupted. Corrupted. They were 
altered is probably the best way to put it. Ha, because temples. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> altars were altered. Um, but you guys finished the last arc by finishing all those temples and getting them right to where they needed to be. And Faringe has kind of become the city of purity where the kami are visible. Like, you know, when a fire is cooking, you can see a fire kami dancing in the fire. You can see the wind. Um, the people themselves kind of have the, the anime jumps, if you will, where they're, you know, if you want to jump and float and stuff, uh, Crouch a Tiger, Hidden Dragon kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you jump and kind of lightly float on the ground and you can step on top of the trees and stuff. And that that's what Faringe has become. So a lot of people, especially in the Rokugan, have seen this or like, especially the Empire. Like, we don't have this in the Imperial City. The Forbidden City should have this as well. Exactly. So the development has become that there's lots of people that are now very interested in Faringe. When before it was kind of this cast off city because of all the stuff that has happened before. Mm-hmm. And now people are very interested. And that's where kind of like the Jade Champion comes in because the Jade Champion's entire mandate is to hunt out the dark magics, the Maho, the blood magics in the realm. And that's where you guys, this new set of PCs, for the most part, we've got Hanako, Hanako. Uh, Utaku Hanako, and then you. And then me, and that's, that's it. Um, well, from, from yeah. previous. Right. Well, d- my husband's character was there for he like showed up one at the last episode, of the battle yeah. and then he had he had real life things because those occur right uh, where he couldn't make it to the uh the the final final game and so you know he's kind of brought back into this we've even made some changes like he showed up with his brother but his brother has a terrible he wanders know, off he has a, he's a wandering flaw so he had to go find his brother so that's clearly why he missed <laughs> last games because he realized oh cr- crud where did he go yeah, yeah. like okay well, let's go find go? you so it's kind of at this point where everyone is trying, or you guys are going to be jade magistrates under it. Because um, a, a lot of it is because I actually spoke to you guys previously. Did you guys want to stay in Faringe specifically? And, I mean, I, I know it was Kogan's character who said, I've done the kingdom building game. Because he's had before, one of the yeah. last games I ran, where he was the lord of the city and he had to do lord of the city things. Mm-hmm. And I understand not wanting to do that every, every game because it does kind of get interesting. It does get tedious. It does prevent you from going, I just want to go kill monsters. Sometimes you want to play Dynasty Warriors, okay? <laughs> right. That's kind of exactly where we're, we're sliding to. Is yeah. You guys are going to go and hunt down. It, the, the next arc definitely seems like you guys are going to figure out who the 13 are, hunt them down, and deal with those because whatever their mandate is clearly the evil that is currently in the realm that you guys yes. need to deal with. It makes it so that Faringe, I mean, with the retirement of Kazakama and some of the other characters, it makes it so that you guys have a good base of operations. You guys have a, a safe place that you guys can go to and figure out, lick your wounds, get information, what have you, and then set off again to wherever you need to go to. Well, and I think that feeds into your um, your... Uh, cycle that we've talked about before where it's like a game of of role play a game of combat and then a sort of combo yeah i i I do really think that works because yeah especially in a game system that has a courtier that is all social i i need to continue to address the fact that there needs to be social aspects yeah so i do try to make it where there are games that are all combat and the next game's a combo where it's combat into social and then a a mostly social role play game into another social combat game and into a combat. I feel that works as a cycle. Sometimes you have to get out of that cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we did a winter court, it would probably be a couple of games of social, of social. but I would balance that out afterwards. and be like, you guys can roam the lands and just go kill bad guys. Go kill shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and even, but even in social games, especially 
a very important part of L5R and the society and stuff is that duels. Mm-hmm. There's no judge. Mm-mm. There's no, we'll take it to court, we take it to a higher power. It's, I mean, I always make the joke of, there's one last biscuit left. That's my role, says the first samurai, the second samurai. Like, no, it is mine. You duel for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if one samurai wins, it's clearly his roles. The kami have said that it's his. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's even a thing of karmic strike where they struck together. Clearly, it was no one's role. It was no one's role. And, uh, I mean, that also goes for Shugenja and stuff. I remember mm-hmm. one of the times, um, even even though Kogan had no idea why he was dueling, he was challenged to a duel by uh, <laughs> one of the Scorpion uh, Shugenja Yogo because he was defending some honor that he had to do it. And he lost the duel. And he, he still probably, even to this day, Doesn't the it? player, I believe a lot of the players at the table still have mild guesses as to what it was. I have a mild guess, but I think I'm I'm... I, I'm probably wrong. But yeah, no, it, it, it's, you know, but th- it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what your thought is. He, Kogan was wrong. Yogo was correct. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever it was. Other than that, um, just talking about the podcast um, in general, this is uh, pretty much on me. So the website can be found um, through our business website, darkstreetentertainment.com. Mm-hmm. It will have links to where the podcast is um, going to be uploaded on RSS. It's going to have links to our Instagram. It's also going to have um, links. We're going to do a Discord that will have a general channel. I believe that is the best place for the in-between game updates that we talked about that you want to do. Because you used to update us. Just send us a little shout out on messenger and like let us know like hey this thing happened or that thing happened be ready to do this or that also we will have a patreon uh fully fully furnished i'm gonna call it so that should be fully functioning fairly soon well uh beyond that i hope i hope people enjoy this um uh, i I do take requests that's one thing i've always said you as a game always do and, and <laughs> because there it a request is a request i mean mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to do this. I want to go fight a, a big oni. I want to go fight a demon or something like that. I mean, do what you want to do. Like, I want I want people to enjoy it at the table, but I also want people to enjoy it listening. I, I feel like that's a new avenue and stuff. So yes, and yes, and because why not? Because why not? Yeah, I mean, who are you hurting? Not me, not me. I mean, you hurt my feelings a little bit with that horse noise, but <laughs> well, but you're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. It's terrible. But it makes it memorable. It does it make it, it memorable. Stab. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, is that, especially in that situation, it was not supposed to be just something you could nod off. No, it was supposed to hurt your soul. Mm-hmm. It did. Good. It did. Good. Yeah. But anytime you want to hear that noise, I've got it saved no, or ready to go. No, that's okay. I don't need to hear it ever again. Well, you might hear it. No. One to two more times.